Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato, and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. So let's open our Bibles first to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. All right, before we get into all of this, let's take a minute to clear our heads, get our thoughts right, our hearts right before God. Lord, Heavenly Father, we certainly are thankful. We've got a place to meet. That's a real blessing. We've got a Bible in our lap. That's a real blessing. Help us to understand what sin is, Lord, the seriousness of it, and what you did as a remedy. We ask your blessing over the service. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. All right, what is sin? Let's see. Let's start off. We'll do a nice little Bible study tonight. 1 John chapter 5, verse number 17. The Bible says, All unrighteousness is sin. All unrighteousness. You ever do something that's not right? <laughs> we all have. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Sin, unrighteousness. All unrighteousness is sin, and you can't clean it up yourself. Jesus Christ is the only one that can clean up your unrighteousness or your sin, and he can cleanse all of it. That's why he went to Calvary. 1 John chapter 3. What is sin? 1 John chapter 3, verse number 4. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. What is sin? The Bible tells us it's the transgression of the law. What is sin? All unrighteousness. What is sin? Transgression of the law. If you violate the law, you and I would be considered transgressors. Have you violated God's law? We all have. What does that make us? A transgressor of his law, which makes us a sinner. James chapter number 4 and Romans 10. We'll get James 4 first. James 4, verse 17. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. What is sin? Knowing and not doing. Let's look at that again. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. You know the right thing to do. You've been trained what the right thing to do is. We've learned, we've read, we've acquired information and knowledge and all that, but we don't do it. God said that's sin. You know to do good and you don't. 
Um, look at that verse. And when you know, when you know to do good and you don't do it, you know what that is? That's our hearts. Just We just hate submission. <laughs> we hate authority. And in the heart of our hearts, when we fall into this category, we're just saying, you know what? I, God, I just don't want to submit to your word. I don't want to submit to your law or your ways. That's tough. Because we all get there. We are, we are unrighteous. We know we've done things that aren't right. We know we violated God's word. And we know that sometimes we know to do good and we just don't want to do it. All right, what else? What is sin? Let's flip over to Romans chapter number 10. Sometimes we do right, but it's from a motive other than faith. Romans 10, 17. Simple verse. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We're saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we do something, we want to have a motive that's out of faith. Sometimes we appear to do things that are right, but our motive isn't right. And to God, that's sin. We want to have our motive is equally important to God. What our heart motive is, it's important to Him. Okay, all unrighteousness, transgression of the law, knowing and not doing, doing, but from a bad motive, a motive other than faith. Um, let's get Proverbs. Let's turn over to the book of Proverbs. Let's get chapter 21. Um, and Proverbs chapter 24. 21 and chapter 24. Let's do Proverbs chapter 21 first. Verse number four, what is sin? A high look and a proud heart and the plowing of the wicked is sin. Ask yourself that. Have I had a proud heart this week? Have I had a high look? God says that is sin. Pride. That's a tough one, isn't it? All right, before we, uh, before we go over to Proverbs 24, let's get Psalm 119. Verse number 105, that's a, uh, another familiar passage of Scripture. The Bible says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You know, the prideful heart and wicked works, you know, sin is the lamp of the wicked. And we should try to keep away from sin, pride, all that. 
Psalm 119, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Boy, that'll light us up. All right, let's go over to Proverbs. Let's get back there. Proverbs chapter 24. And the last definition of sin we can find in the Bible, we see that in verse number 9. And it says, the thought of foolishness is sin. And the scorner is an abomination to men. Foolish thoughts. The Bible says the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. That Man, that's a horrible thought. That is a real, truly foolish thought to start off with as your, as your starting point. So how do you regulate foolish thoughts? I'm going to give you some practical stuff here so that we don't fall into this. We'll key in on this one. How do we do that? How do we regulate foolish thoughts? One, we should get a job. All of us. You know, if you have a job, your thoughts are on your job and you got to work. And it doesn't mean you need to go out and apply for a job at a business. Um, but you can't, ladies, you can't just sit home all day in a vacuum eating potato chips in front of a TV because um, your thoughts are going to go all over the place. And us fellas, too, we, we can't do that. We can't expect to come home and then just veg out and not expect our thoughts to just. We need jobs. We need things to do. There's plenty of work to do at home. There's plenty of work for the fellows when they go out and work. There's plenty of work for the kids to get involved in. But if we work, if we get to work, if we have a job, if we're being productive, that tends to kind of, by default, help us not be so foolish in our thinking. Second thing, some practicality. Identify where the trigger is that brings you the evil thought. We should research that. We research a lot of things, but if we can figure out, man, where do I, I keep hitting, every time I get to this thing, it's, I'm right back to where I started. Identify that and then deal with it. Sometimes it means refraining from a group of friends. Sometimes it means refraining or getting rid of some books and replacing them with other ones. Sometimes it means rearranging your circumstances. If they're going to influence you for evil, Let's be ready to identify and change. Uh, third thing, some practical stuff. Sometimes we just need to quit blaming the devil and realize that maybe it's just our own flesh and our own temper that is flaring up these foolish thoughts. And... That can be helpful. It's not always the devil's fault. He certainly doesn't help us, but... All right, next one. When you, live, when you and I live our lives, we should try to live our lives with the understanding of God's constant presence around us. And Him seeing us and what we're doing. I remember as a kid, if, I, if mom and dad didn't see it, I got away with it. And I knew if mom and dad saw it, I wasn't going to get away with it. <laughs> you know, God sees. He, he, he's got some inspection over us. Let's live with that sense. All right, last one, how to regulate some practical things on how to regulate any foolish thoughts that we have. 
It's just thank, it just, just like we talked about this morning, the grace of God, the sanctifying grace of God. His rules are great. His laws are great. His direction is great. But the best way to govern our thoughts is really to yield to the Holy Spirit daily. Really. We all know. We all know what God's rules are. It's not hard to read the Bible and figure that out. But if we don't yield to His Spirit, we're going to have a hard time. Alright, so what else do we see in Proverbs chapter 24, verse number 9? The thought of foolishness is sin and... The scorner is an abomination to men. What's a scorner? If the consensus goes out, the scorner goes against the consensus. That's the scorner. He always has the opposite position. He's in opposition. He's always got a better way. And he bases his greatest glory on, the, on, on that type of disorder. That's a scorner mocking person. A scorner delights to walk in the way of sinners. That's a fun time for him. That really riles him up. The scorner wants to be thought of as believing there is no God. That's a chip that he can check off. A scorner delights in ridiculing people or things that have an immediate relationship to God. A scorner likes to mock the preacher. A scorner likes to mock the Christian. A scorner likes to mock the Christian mother. That's the scorner. He likes to be against anything that God is for. He also makes his business calling evil good. Well, what's wrong with it? And calling good evil. That's why the Christian is now, in today's culture, the mean, hateful, bigoted, narrow-minded. But it's not so. It's not so. But that's the scorner. That's the scorner. Foolishness. Let's get Proverbs 14. Proverbs 14, verse number 3. Mm. There's different rods in the Bible. And here the Bible says, In the mouth of the foolish is a rod of pride. But the lips of the wise shall preserve them. What comes out of his mouth is just pride. That's all it is. And you know what the rod of pride does? Comes right out of the mouth and it just strikes down someone. Boom! And it strikes down ourselves when we've got a mouth full with the rod of pride. And, that, and God says, that is just foolish and so when we speak we need to be careful that it's not a mouthful of pride because that rod of pride comes out and it just rains down on someone and just beats that person and God hates that stuff he says that's just foolish 
And as we do that, as we rain down with the rod of pride, we hurt ourselves. We hurt ourselves. And ought not be that way for Christians. Okay, so that's what sin is. How does sin operate? How does sin operate? Let's get Hebrews chapter 3. Verse number 13. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through, check it out, the deceitfulness of sin. Boys and girls, all of us here tonight, sin is deceitful. Sin is not the devil running around with a machete trying to chop people's heads off. It's much more deceitful than that. We see that, we scream, we run, we go get dad, and he takes care of it. Sin is deceitful. It tricks you. It makes you think one thing and gets you on another. What else is, how else does sin operate? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. Verse number one. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. What, what is, how does sin operate? The nature of sin? It is easily besetting. And if you have a sin that easily besets you, what's the solution? You got to lay it aside. Some practical stuff we talked about at foolishness can be applied here too. Recognize it. Put a plan together to get rid of it. And then run with patience the race that is set before us. Sin operates by deceit. Sin is easily besetting. Let's go back to Proverbs. And let's get Proverbs chapter 5 and Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 5 and Proverbs chapter 8. Preacher, I can handle it. No one's going to fool me, boy. Oh, nah. Nothing's going to beset me. That yeah, preacher, I got it figured out. Proverbs 5.22 His own iniquities shall take the wicked himself and he shall be holden with the cords of his sin. He shall die without instruction and in the greatness of his folly he shall go astray. He shall be holden with the cords of of his sin, it is powerful. I need someone to come up here. Come on up here, now, Grace. Put your hands out together. Okay. 
through a sin, okay? I can handle it, preacher. All right, get your hands out of there. All right, put them back. Yes, I'm not going to be deceived, preacher. Oh, no, nothing's going to beset me, boy. Yeah, boy. Okay, get your hands out. Okay, put them back. Got one out, didn't you? That's it, preacher. You're not going to tell me, boy. You're not preaching to me. You're not preaching to me. I got a Bible. I, got, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. Okay, get out. Each time it gets harder and harder and harder. And you don't realize, because sin is deceptive, and you don't realize that it can beset you, the next thing you know, you can't get out of it. It's got a powerful, powerful grip on you. First time your child lies and you know it, if they think they can get away with it, that's bad news. Because the next time it's easier. Trying to get children to realize the seriousness of sin without getting into your own serious sin is very, very important. If you can realize, children learn at a young age that sin brings pain, sin brings consequence, sin brings sorrow, sin brings heartache, that's going to help them so that it doesn't become a, it doesn't become a very powerful grip on them. They get away with it a little bit, then they get away with it a little bit more, then they get away with it a little bit more, and the next thing you know, they're handcuffed to it, and they can't get away from it. And habits are formed. Habits are formed. And I remember things. My wife doesn't, she doesn't figure out how I remember all this stuff, but I remember stuff from my childhood, from when I was a little boy. <laughs> and, I can, and I remember stuff my friends did. I'm like, wow. If we had a consequence, if only mom knew, if only dad knew, if only... Things wouldn't have been so powerfully binding on people. Alright, last thing, Proverbs 8, on how sin operates. Proverbs 8, 36. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death. Sin is hurtful. It will hurt you and it will hurt others. They say it's not hurting. It's just me, Lord. It's only hurting me. It's not hurting anybody else. That is not true. Your sin affects others. It's hurtful. All right, last thing. We know what sin is. We know how sin operates. You know what the condemnation of the devil was? He wanted a higher place than God. He wanted the higher place than was given him by his Creator. Anybody want to guess what the appeal 
to Eve in the garden was? It was that appeal. You can have a higher role and a higher place than was given you by your Creator. And you know how Satan gets us today? Same thing. Our pride wants us to be able to have a higher place than God our Creator would have us. And that's why it's so powerful. And that's why it's so deceptive. And that's why it's so easily besetting. And that is why it is so hurtful. So I hope we learn a little bit about sin tonight. All right? Let's bow in prayer. All right, Lord, thank you for making it so easy to see what sin is in your word. Help us, Lord, to search our own hearts. and We know that you are the only one that can cleanse us from all unrighteousness, which is what sin is. We thank you for that, Lord, for so great a salvation you've provided. We ask your blessing upon our night as we travel back home and help us to apply these things during the week. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church, where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.